Welcome in to Can We Just Talk, the podcast where it doesn't matter if you're living under a rock. If you do, that's all right. We'll fill you in on what you missed from this past week's biggest developments, stories, and headlines. It has been a crazy, crazy week. Um, We have done a full episode worth of coverage of what is happening in the nation's capital. If that's what you've come here to listen to tonight, we've got good news. It's already up for you. Feel free to check it out. It is a special edition uh, episode called Chaos in the Capital. It's available everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. Tonight, we will be talking a little bit about what's going on in the nation's capital, but we've got a lot of other stories to get to as well, um, including on the docket tonight, uh, Joe Biden announcing he will take a train, per usual, as he's done so many times in his past career, to the inauguration. We've got a racist letter that is appearing um, all over campus on Duke um, that is getting a lot of alumni um, very upset about what is taking place at their alma mater. It's a new year, so that means there is the new winter Starbucks menu. We've got a lot of heat coming around that. Um, some people happy, some people not. And then we've also got some pretty interesting information about the viewer preference, um, especially when it came to considering where they watch the coverage for the recent riots that were taking place inside the nation's capital uh, between CNN and Fox News. So we'll get to that later um, at the end of this episode. But guys, joining me tonight, we've got Samantha Dolph making her first appearance on Polar Media. And can we just talk? Uh, Austin DiSavino back per usual for the 13th episode in a row or 14th and then jacob berg also coming in i believe his 14th episode in a row as well so we are missing a couple people tonight but they will be back next week so no worries on that and they are okay yeah we made it sound like we're like missing them and they'll be back yeah we're not everyone's really- okay they're just not here they won't be with us tonight it's a, it's a chaos chris, chris did not fall and break his hip he is okay we promise he's actually on a plane <laughs> <laughs> so we will. Uh, he wishes he was on a plane. This is the, the worst part of COVID nineteen is when he can't go on planes anymore, or he can't go sit at the airport and watch the planes take off. But I like to do it with a hot cup of Joe. We will. We will jump right in tonight. Get to the big story. A uh, bit questioning today. A lot of people wondering, you know, some about how the the twenty uh, twenty one inauguration for the presidential election, uh, what that will look like. It's been very hot, what has been happening in the Capitol. Like I said, if you want more information on what exactly has happened, our thoughts on what it means for the, the nation's future, you can check that out. We, had, Like I said, we had the full episode. But this story coming out today about how Joe Biden will arrive to the presidential inauguration. And most of the time you think about how the presidents travel, you, you, they, they move with the Secret Service. Uh, they move you know, in armored vehicles. They move by helicopter. But Joe Biden has a history of using the train. He went back and forth to work um, when he was working in the nation's capital for, for many, many years as he traveled all the way from very Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, from Delaware into the nation's capital. It's by not train. too far of a ride, but it's just interesting to see yeah. a guy like him still yeah. doing that. So he, I, I have to believe, he will be one of the first presidents in a long time traveling to the presidential inauguration by train. Um, and now the questions are you know, is it safe? As we see what's happened, it, it's going to be heavily secured. You know, you almost have to imagine is that train going to be a, a rider for one of his his people. So I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I, I mean, yeah, it's probably going to be a train for one. But also it's like hearkening back to the wild, wild west days. Are we going to have like some crazy train overtake? Um, Troy is playing. Troy is playing videos. Free the proud and the marine. I was giving an advertisement. Yeah, they're recruiting you. But like, are we gonna have some like wild, wild west kind of train takeover? They're gonna put a tree on the track. What I'm interested in seeing is, or knowing, and we will never know this, but I, I imagine everything the president does, they get briefed on, like is like what are all your options and which one is the safest and which one is the worst. And like, I, 
I have to imagine that no one recommended taking a train, but I understand like if this is what he's done and it's sentimental and it said in this article, I think over 1800 train trips or, or 8,000, 8, I know it had an eight in it, over 8,000 train trips in his time as a Senator and as vice president. That's actually pretty cool. Like to, his, to his nickname is Amtrak Joe. What a nickname. That's the, you know, there's, there's a lot of worse nicknames we've heard about him. There's a lot too. of better ones too. Well, yeah, it's not bad. He likes his Amtrak. And it's crazy to think he took the Amtrak as the vice president. Yeah. That's kind of nuts. Right. Um, and now he's going to be taking it on his way. I he can't be doing this when he's president, right? We're not. Well, he's not going to be going back to Wilmington. Still, though. He's going to be living at the White House. You think when he's traveling, like, I, he likes his trains. <laughs> he likes his trains and Chris likes his planes. <laughs> Two old men really knocking it up together. Chris, and he's not even here to defend himself tonight. Yeah, but he's listening on his way in tomorrow, so he'll be hearing this and He'll probably turn it off right about now. But yes, Chris. <laughs> like, How do I turn this off? Chris Sikonis, Joe Biden, both in their late 70s. <laughs> one likes trains, one likes planes. But Sammy, thoughts on this, and then we'll get to Jacob. As someone who really enjoys taking the train, I don't blame the guy. Yeah. You know, I love the experience of having the train. It's also really, like, peaceful, you know, especially if you're in, like, one of the quiet cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't mind it. You know, I've, I've taken the train from Villanova to Rutgers University. And then we made the switch to, or I made the connection to NZ Transit. That was pretty fun. Um, I also have taken the Amtrak up to Boston oh, and cool. going through Connecticut and seeing, it's just, it's so serene. I can read on the train. I don't know if he's gonna be reading or what he's gonna be doing, but- It's got a busy it, day. It's a fun time. Yeah. Probably well, going to listen to the podcast. I, I, I would assume I. Who is this Chris Boyd? Why do we both like <laughs> our funny modes of transportation? Joe, if you're listening, hey. <laughs> hey that, wait, that's your message. That's your message. <laughs> hey, he I listen, hope you're doing well, you know. Enjoy your train ride. Good luck. Um, Anything off the trolley? Listen, Jacob, <laughs> on thoughts on this? Pro <laughs> train, <laughs> pro train. Yeah, yeah, I'm pro train. Actually, I'm pretty pro train. I think trains are a pretty, pretty efficient way to get somewhere. I wish we had more train tracks in America. Oh, I, I wish that. You wish oh, we had but, more train tracks? Yes, I wish you had more. I wish it was easier to travel by train. Oh, because it's like you know, it's a less stressful experience than going through TSA and worrying about flights and da da da. And you can still kind of work and get things done. It's it's not like as as nerve-wracking as like being in the air on a plane it does take a little longer but hey it's it's better than driving but um i don't know i'd say like getting back to this i know troy you talked about kind of safety uh, i don't really know like if there's any sort of you know difference for like covid safety but i think just as like physical safety i think that you know this is a little bit of a statement you know presidents leaders they definitely don't want to look scared. And I, I see that in, in multiple leaders. And I think, you know, Joe Biden is going to come out here and say, you know what? You know, we saw what happened in the Capitol. We saw, you know, some of the, uh, you know, violent acts that are occurring. He's going to come out and he's going to try to look like, you know, I'm above it all. I'm not scared. I'm going to go. I'm going to take my train ride, do what I do every day. And just try to keep on keeping on. And I think that's that's kind of some of the maybe subliminal messaging kind of under that move. Before we get to Austin, he has a story about his experience with trains. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I think that was kind of what he ran on, right? He wanted to be the average Joe. He wanted to be the guy people can relate with. And him, uh, him taking a train instead of a helicopter, it really speaks to that. He's he is the average Joe president. It's kind of refreshing after some of the antics we've seen in the past. But you know, he's going to take the train there. They're saying that's how they're going to kick off the festivities. Um, hopefully, the train is not delayed or is behind schedule. It will not be delayed or but Amtrak will have some. Wait, before, Jacob, is it? Have you ridden this train? Because I know you commuted back and forth on a daily basis when you were in D.C. last summer working. Is this? Have you been on this exact train? No, the Amtrak doesn't like. It's different. The Amtrak is different than like the just the, the metro longer in the D.C. area. You can only get on the Amtrak from like. Yeah. certain spots so yeah well uh a little bit different but austin has been on the train. yeah i've taken this one but um i do before i tell this story because it's like the weirdest thing i've ever seen but um i'm just worried after the events that happened this week um and again like listen to what did you what was the name of the episode chaos in the Capitol. chaos in the, wow great name. i know right um i'm just worried about after the insurrection and the riots um and the domestic terrorists like, I really hope they lock down um, all the train lines, but also like train tracks are federal property. So if you go on the train tracks and you get caught there, that's federal property yep. on the train tracks. Anyway, it was 2013. I was working in the city at the time and uh, I still work in the city, but not, not now Different because city. it's COVID. Oh wait, uh, yeah. New York City. And uh, we, had a, we had a business meeting in DC for the day, right? So I took the train down to DC and um, on the way back, part of the tracks run through just like, like that's the cool thing about trains. Like you're going through backyards, you're just going through like just areas that are not roads. So we're going through Philly and we're going really slow through Philly. And it's like all the row homes and stuff like that. So the backyards are the size of this basement down here. So not very big, maybe like 20 feet long by 10 feet wide. And um, in one of the fenced in backyards, there was a horse. Like, I'm not joking, like a full horse tied up in some random person's backyard in Philly. But I'm on a train, I'm not like on a car. I can't stop and look. And I'm just like, you know, like when you're on a train, you're like zoning out, listening to your music. And you just, I'm just like, oh, that, that's a horse. Holy fuck, that was a horse. What was that? And it was just a random horse. Like somebody's like, yo, dude, I got this horse out back, man. I got it down in Wawa. I traded the guy a bag of Ying Wings and he gave me a horse. And like, it's like, how does that happen? I used to have a horse in your backyard in Philly. It's always disturbing when you see horses in places you don't expect. No, I agree. It's always, and Jacob, you know exactly what I'm thinking. We got, we got some horse stories. Yeah, I, real quickly, me and Jacob were one time hanging out on the driveway one day and uh, this is the old house. Um, and we're just, I, I think we were shooting a basketball or something. And all, I think all we were sudden, playing soccer volleyball, actually. Something, something like that. And all of a sudden, there's a horse running across the front yard. <laughs> and we, it's a rural area, but there's not horses running around freely. And we're like, what the? Like, I I thought it was a deer at first out of my peripheral. I just turned yeah. and it's, and it's a whole, horse, like stallion. 1,500 pounds. I was like, horse. what the? What the fuck is going on? And our neighbor has a horse, but that's fenced in. Yeah. And we're like, do we chase it? Do we? So we. I'm so afraid. We we tried to get. We tried to gather the horse so it didn't run on the road, and then it kind of got us trapped. We had to go stand in the middle by a tree, and it ran around us. 
Oh my um, god. They're we in like a, a weeping willow tree. Yeah. We were like underneath yeah. the branches and the horse just going all the way around the outside. We were saved because our 85-year-old neighbor came out. She she calmed the horses. <laughs> Soon Susan came out. Somebody she came with some carrots. It doesn't matter. She's a horse whisperer. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but yes, horses, unexpected areas, even on a train, not good. I don't think when he's taking the horses are big, man. You won't be seeing horses. They won't allow that funny business going on. Uh, they're gonna. I would imagine if you live on that train line, they are gonna be on sweeps. Because like when when Trump was in town, I would drive by his uh, um, golf course, and like when he was in town, there was Secret Service on the side of the highway. Yeah. There were signs of like no stopping for miles. Remember we saw we took that back road and we came up on all the Secret Service by accident, yep. and it's like oh, we're just taking a back road. And, and it says no driving. And it's like road. it's like no through traffic. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a dirt road. No one's back here. Almost, and then all, made of a the, all of a sudden, it's like every 30 feet, it's like no stopping, <laughs> no stopping, no stopping signs. And there was like all these SUVs, and we just drove right by and left. And I was like, uh, okay, we probably shouldn't do that again. But I used to do that a lot. Sliding away from the way President-elect, soon to be President Joe Biden, will be coming in. Um, some other news coming out. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. I just sent it over to you. Um, but there is a very ill-worded letter that was published recently in a Duke uh, magazine, Duke University. Um, and some alumni are being are very upset about what is going on here. Um, I'll kind of just recount exactly the part that is... Um, upset some of the readers. I'll, I'll pull that up. But before I get into it, you know, this was posted and almost immediately people were outraged by what's going on. Um, so this is what was said. And this is what's being um, flagged. Jeez. Groups of color are better off when their men marry the woman that uh, they have babies with and stay around to raise them. When they avoid drugs, stay out of trouble and prefer a paycheck to a handout. And when they realize that acting white by studying is not a bad thing. Um, oh, hold on, just one thing. He he did say groups of any color. Yes, yes. Um, so he said groups of any color would I, be better off. I think what? the part. Yeah. I think the part that uh, really took a lot of offense was the um, when they realized that acting white by studying is not a bad thing. Took offense um, to that. I mean, the whole thing. This is terrible. So. Some of the some of the, pe the the remarks that come out um, from some alum, uh, so this is some of the words. I'm completely disgusted and disappointed that Duke Alumni Magazine has published these racist and violent letters. Alumni Sabrina Davis stated, uh, she stated this publication of the letters is all in the context of the co-op, the coup in our nation's capital, when a mob of President Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building in Washington D.C. on Wednesday. Davis, known as the riot, uh, an insurrection rooted into white supremacy, hatred, and violence. So. Uh, this is a very bad time letter to come out. Um, I mean, it's hard to believe this made it past an editor. The fact that this was able to be published, uh, and it's it's awful. I, I, Duke has had to apologize since then. Um, this has been pulled, but I mean, it made it past an editor. I don't think that editor is going to have much of a career after this, especially. Everyone should be gone. This, yeah. I mean, this is terrible. Like this, what's the point of the letter, too? Like, what was the letter even about? Yeah, so, so the letter is is titled "It's Not All Racism," uh, and basically, it's it's not very long. Actually, if our if our viewers want to go out and see it, you can go and read the letter pretty easily from 
uh, dukemagazine.duke.edu. It's pretty much right in the front. But um, yeah, basically they include a couple letters from some of their uh, alumni. Uh, this one's, like I said, it's titled, It's Not All Racism. Um, and I'd say just to quickly summarize what he says in the letter, he makes kind of like two key points, I think. So the first one, uh, Troy read you that quote, and he goes on to kind of say how, you know, negative culture, how he thinks negative culture hurts the black communities. Or I think that that's what he's insinuating. Um, and then the second point that he makes uh, is that uh, abusing benefits and having uh, what he views as kind of like a bad protest where, you know, it results in like looting or vandalism or injuries. So he thinks that both that and abusing benefits kind of hurt some of the progress that have already been made towards equality. And that's that's the thing. As a, as a white person, it's not up to him to determine the status of progress. It's up to those that are the minority, that are the beaten down, that are the suppressed, that are the oppressed. It is, it's not up to, to us as white people to determine the progress status. Like we, our job is to work and be anti-racist and to work towards full equity and equality. And like, I'm just reading this letter and this is like how this got passed the 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 editor like all these people need to be fired and like, it, absolutely fired and it comes from someone who graduated duke back in 1961 uh when duke university was still an all-white school um and he, he was criticized openly criticizing uh the justice protests that were taking place this summer i just don't know how this person was still having a voice in what was taking place um, and you're right, like there's there's an editor for a reason. There's an editor for a reason that, so things like this don't get said and and people can take offense to this. It's just, his, his sentence here, you know, I, I, I benefited from what is now called white privilege, but now that I and others get it, the constant reminders of our nation, nation's systemic racism are growing wearisome you, because you're tired. It's becoming, because you're tired of hearing it. They really like, have no right to be. Like weary, white people do not deserve the patience that people of color have for the racism that is spewed their ways. We do not deserve the patience. Like this is disgusting. And like this, what the saddest part is, is that when this guy wrote it, he was like, I am, as the young kids now think woke and I see my white privilege, but now that I see it, Everyone needs to just get over it. Like this dude is—you can't terrible. You can't possibly make an opinion like this and say something like this, and by comparing what is right by saying what is right is acting white, doing things, oh, doing things that are right, in compares to the actions of acting white. That itself is, is racism. Is 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 assuming that the goal oh, for everyone is it's, to be—it's plain racism. The main majority, yeah. because it, it it falls under the idea of passing, passing to be white. Yeah. Like, this is not a new concept. This has been an idea, yeah. ideology of what racism is in many forms since this man was in college back in the 1960s. Passing for white, acting white. It's almost the exact same thing. And the fact that he's mentioning this paints him as arguably the worst type of racist you can be, uh, you know, in, in the current day society by pretending like you're not racist, but having these opinions, 
having a voice in the media and saying these types of things by making racism sound and appear okay. Um, Sammy, your thoughts on this? You go to Villanova. Yes. Duke is a rival in basketball. <laughs> so I do attend Villanova University. It is a primarily white institution. And because of the sort of voice that the Black Lives Matter movement has had in June, a lot of things came out from uh, our administration about um, the anti-racist, about anti-racist movements and um, specifically lifting up black students and uh, POC students at Villanova from the administration. I know that a lot of work was done by them and also a lot of was, it was driven by the students. Um, but it's sad because uh, there was a page on Instagram, I believe it's still up and it's public. It's called Black Villanova. And a lot of students, people of color, specifically black students were sharing their stories. And just reading them is obviously really heartbreaking to know that it happens, especially if around your school, either you, I don't experience any of that, obviously, um, being a white person, or you don't see it as often. And especially in the classroom, it was, it was abhorrent to see the things, especially the professors were saying. And it, it makes me sad because not only are my fellow students not getting treated the same way, but they're also not feeling safe in a space in a space that is meant to educate them and we're all supposed to be educated the same we all got into this university um we all go to the same school and it's it sucks that people aren't being treated the same and i think that a lot needs to be done and with this coming out um from another primarily primarily white institution um it sets a lot of schools back from diversifying from from uh, the IPOCs applying to these schools and that's just gonna continue because there's not going to be these voices happening because they're not gonna be applying to these schools because they know that they might not even feel safe at these schools yeah. because of these things that are happening so it's great it's really disappointing um but like Austin and Troy were saying the most that we can do as a community is educate ourselves and I think that ignorance truly does end with education and learning and taking the initiative to learn um, and not rely on our fellow uh, BIPOC members to um, teach us. We yeah. need to teach well, ourselves. It's, that's, yeah, that's it's good, yeah. scary because you say that because, you know, one thing, you know, people should be doing is educate themselves. And the idea of where do you go to educate yourself? Yeah. Usually a lot of times you see these universities be a place where you can find a lot of good education when it comes to this th these things. Usually, the, the university communities are places where this idea of progressiveness is more available compared to some other places around the country. And now with articles like this, and it hasn't been retracted yet, I do. With articles like this out there, people might be seeing this and thinking, oh, this is proper education for how I should be handling these situations. And it's just weird to me. You think about universities and this is, again, like I said, this is usually where you see progressiveness at its, at its best. Um, you know, that, some metro areas as well. But you have things being put out like here, and you can't properly educate yourself now because now it's like, what should you believe? Because this is obviously not the right way to educate yourself when it comes to, to racism. And it's, it's just unbelievable. You see university, something with the university stamp of approval being put out there. Um, and you know, it's Duke University is a very historically white school. Um, it's a very bad look for them. 
yeah. the fact that an editor was able to put this out there. Um, and now a lot of alumni are seeing this and seeing how it's representing their school. I mean, segregation ended less than 60 years ago. It, I mean, when this man who wrote this was at Duke, it was still all white. It was all white. So, so. it's it's just, it just, this just goes to show, show how far we as white people like Sammy, what you're saying is right. It is not on um, black people or black indigenous people of color to educate us. That's on us. We are... We are born into the, you know, the privilege of being white, and we need to we need to work to undoctrinate ourselves from what we are born into and just taught through society and culture. And it's just it's just sad that this is like this guy was so motivated about this that this is what he wrote about. And it's like if you look at the, what happened in the Capitol, like if that doesn't clearly define how rampant white privileges and how rampant differential treatment from our supposed protectors in the police departments and in agencies like that is and the different reaction and this is what this guy is writing about it's just it's disgusting and like again that's a really easy take to have like anyone that reads this that's saying is like that's terrible so like we're not saying anything crazy here but at the same time, the people that let this happen, yeah. like what are, what are you thinking? And you yeah. said the, the the university is not retracting this, this. All they said was, we're sorry we didn't publish it with context. It's like- There's no context that makes it. What, what is the context? <laughs> like, so it, this is it's, racist. It's blatant. That's it's the, the blatant idea of ethnocentrism that it's at the center. It's the idea that what you do is correct by yeah, acting yeah, yeah, white yeah. is the correct way to act and that people should be acting the same way as you. Yeah. You know, the way this man is acting is not the way anyone should be acting. Um, by believing that acting white is the correct way to be doing things. I mean, it's Don't just, pick up it's, their grandpa. It's awful, like, it's awful. Crazy, and dude. take away his, this man, man should not have access to be writing for a, for a magazine. This guy absolutely eats tapioca pudding every single day and uses a pen that has a feather on it. And the, the pen with the feather needs to be taken away. No feathers. No feathers. No more quills. I want to um move over to oh, wait, Troy. Just one thing before we go on, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to go kind of into some of the kind of what he was saying in the article, and and you know, kind of talk to some of my thoughts, some of the possible kind of rebuttals. If we're just going to you know kind of try to take this at face value and try to say here's here's why we disagree. Um, so I'll kind of give my my thoughts on it and maybe you guys can can chime in if you like. But so first here, getting back to kind of his first idea, uh, and that was the, the quote that Troy read for us, kind of how negative culture, you know, hurts the black communities. And they're saying, you know, he, he was assuming that I, I, I guess he didn't specifically write it, but it seems like he's insinuating that, you know, white uh families tend to stay together and avoid drugs and stay out of trouble while you know people of color other races um you know don't do so um and i would say just from a culture standpoint i think any uh anthropologist would would tell you that it's it's really tough to judge and compare different cultures um and that's one of the things like He's, he's definitely uh, making kind of a, a big assumption here uh, that that is like rooted 
um, and that that applies to most people of the black community or of communities of other races. Um, and I'd also say that, you know, when you're thinking about culture, culture is formed over time, right? And I am, I am quite sure that black culture has been affected by slavery, lasting racism, um, and just, you know, things along those lines in the communities that they're in, obviously that's going to have an impact on their culture on the way that they do things so i think that's that that to me kind of negates this this idea that that you know a culture is to blame and and the people are a hundred percent at fault for their own culture if, if that makes any sense you're right and their culture was absolutely stripped from them and again like what you're saying troy this is like ethnocentricity at its finest the cdc did a study in 2000, I think 13, on uh, parents' involvement. And the CDC report proves that black dads are the most involved with their family. So like all this rhetoric is just hate-based and misinformed. And Jacob, I think you had uh, beautiful points. Everyone had really good points. It's just, it's just sad. Um, but also like, um, see how upset we are? We're white. Yeah. Like this isn't about us. We're white and we're upset. And this is not an isolated incident. Imagine every single day, this is what you're faced with. Like, again, we don't deserve the patience that that Black people and Black Indigenous people of color have for what's going on. And it's just, it's just, it's just, we, we need to be better. We need to get better because this is who we are. It's, uh, it's embarrassing for you. It's very embarrassing oh. for you. It's very sad. And then with the with the second point here, um, he also mentioned how kind of, you know, abusing benefits uh, and some of the protests um, that had, you know, looting or vandalism or injuries, how he was saying, you know, how that kind of takes back at accomplishments that were made towards equality and kind of like sheds a negative light on it. And, you know, to a certain extent, I do think that I agree there that, you know, obviously things along those lines will shed a negative light. Uh, but what I think like kind of isn't stated is that I really don't think that those occurrences are as common as people with this um, opinion will say they do. Like, um, you know, kind of like these type of instances aren't the commonality, aren't what uh you know people are going for and to you know hurt the the whole by saying you know uh actions of a few uh like people is i, I don't think that's that's, that's appropriate also jacob to, the, to that point like this guy get off your high horse because i hate to break it to you there are a lot of white people out there on the streets too um when when a lot of these riots are taking place or whatever you want to call it um, there was protests, protests that, that turned violence or are... looting may have occurred. There's a lot of white people out there too. So in this case, acting white also involves being on the, in the riots and, you know, possibly looting and burning. Uh, and this was happening, you know, this is also happening for a much more justifiable reason that had taken place in the Capitol yeah. in, in a couple days ago. Well, this was in response to a police brutality. 
that was then further instigated because their response with peaceful protesting had turned into more violence from police brutality. So this is nowhere, you can't make a comparison of what is happening in the Capitol right now is what had happened over the summer. Also to that point, let's not act like there's no children out there that haven't had their parent leave, that haven't that haven't had their white father leave. Because that idea, like you said, yeah. is just is just pure racism that is being pushed and pushed and pushed by people thinking that they are better than another race. Like that is, there are plenty of children out there, white children out there that have not had a father in their life and their father has also been white. So yeah. acting white is just this guy saying that he thinks his culture, his race is better than someone else because his immediate life, his immediate family, his immediate experiences are not what he believes the entire rest of the country experiences. If, if you look at any of the violent the violence that stems from some that happened during some of the protests last summer and spring if you look hard enough you will find the organizers of all of those protests up front proactively dissuading those acts of violence and destruction and retroactively condemning them right but again we are human beings and we have the ability to look and ask second level questions so if that is happening, if people are destroying their own communities, that's because people are doing that because there's nothing left to do. There's no other way to get people to listen. And again, there is violence and destruction is not okay, but it's our job to see that, know that it's not okay, but ask why is this happening? Like the why behind it has to be more important than a target being destroyed. Yeah. Like the systematic oppression of, of black people and indigenous people of color by police and police brutality has to be more important than a target getting its windows broken in. And again, please do not come at me and compare a target being broken into or destruction to insurrection in the nation's capital. All, and I will say this, violence is wrong, this destruction is wrong. But that's not the point of these protests. But we as human beings should have the ability to ask those second level questions as to yeah. why this is happening. Why are these people so angry and so upset? And we should listen to them. If, if you want more talk on what has happened, like I said before, on what is happening in the nation's capital, we had the special episode, Chaos in the Capital, a special edition of Can We Just Talk? Uh, with myself, Jacob Berg, uh, Joey Block, uh, former news director for WRSU, and Chris Sikonis, also a news advocate for WRSU. He is on that as well. Um, we do a lot of talk about that. So, you know, there's plenty of conversation to happen there. We'll talk a little bit more about it um, later in this episode as well. But check that out because we, we get dive much more in deep of what the recent events have looked like. And I'd like to just slide over um, and move on so we don't run out of time. Awkward transition time. So da, 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 da. also another big, important story, not on the same level, but Starbucks has a new menu. Um, yeah. They are continuing their push. We have a Starbucks expert here in San, uh, Sammy Dollar, but winter 2021 menu, there's a theme involved with this one. Um, and some of the new items included are the pistachio lattes, or the honey almond milk cold brew, and more vegetarian uh, food options. So as I said there, the vegetarian idea is being pushed heavily. A lot of these featured drinks that are coming out now are more along the lines of um, containing almond milk compared to plant-based too. Yeah, plant-based compared to dairy. Um, Sammy, use almond milk for all your drinks at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the point, but that is a, uh, a personal taste. Yeah. Um, but some of these sound good, and they're saying the uh, the pistachio, the pistachio latte could give uh, the pumpkin spice latte a run for its money. 
So that's high praise for arguably yeah. the most successful uh, coffee products of the past century. Um, I honestly kind of want to try the honey almond milk cold brew. I'm not a big I fan agree. of cold brew, but cold brew is great. It's like it's a little smooth. I don't know. There's, velvety. there's the aftertaste. I'm just not a huge fan of. I love coffee. I love iced coffee. coffee. I love hot coffee. coffee. There's something about it. it. At the end, I'm not a huge fan of, but we'll see. Maybe I'll give it a try. You're a lizard person. I wonder if this honey almond milk is an isolated thing that can be added to other drinks because yeah. I love almond milk. Oh, so you think the almond milk is honey? I thought it was just a honey almond milk cold brew. So You think it's honey almond milk? I don't know. I, that's what I want to know. But I think Starbucks has done an amazing job of allowing its customers, its guests, um, to create their own yeah. drinks. And I know I do this all the time, and I add different flavors and stuff to all the base drinks. And that's why if you go into any Starbucks, you're going to see like five things on the menu yeah. up above because it's so intuitive on the app. You can find recipes like online. Bar, it is. It's, it's amazing. It's and I love that they continue to add these things and continue to add like integral sort of flavors yeah. into their menu because I think it really diversifies them. And I think the addition of matcha and more teas to Starbucks really has drawn me there. Yeah. I'm a big tea drinker. I don't like coffee, coffee much. Fan. But the matcha, I probably get one like twice a week. It's so They're good. Great. Twice a week. At school, I'll probably, it's probably get it like, like five times, times a week. Nothing wrong with that. But I, I want to, I want to, I have a question. Okay. In case you don't know, almond milk is extra at Starbucks. It is seventy cents. Yeah, because seventy cents extra. I've also recently found out for certain items, half and half is seventy cents seven extra as well. Compared they to, don't do half and half though. They don't do light cream. They do half. And on oh yeah, Dunkin' doesn't do half and half. Dunkin' cream. Yes. I so, like cream better than half and half. I'm not gonna lie. I want to wonder. Do these specialty drinks? You're familiar. You order them yeah. all the time. Do they charge you extra for something that is a part of the name? Do I have to pay seventy cents extra for almond milk in my like honey almond so, milk cold brew? Probably not. Which is interesting. I can pull it up. Which is interesting, but I know that what any drink, stretch? any well, drink. So I get. I don't think it's an iced. Yeah, it if I get an no. iced green tea uh, matcha latte, the milk that is added is two percent. And I replace it with almond milk, and it adds seventy cents. I also put vanilla flavor syrup in, and that is each pump is worth like ten cents or something like that, so for forty cents. So the drink altogether is like five dollars for like a grande, which is ridiculous. But it's so good, and I just customized the whole thing, yeah. and I basically just made it myself. But yes, do you order on the app. Or do that I do, and here's and I do it on the app and only because I get the stars and it's just easier. Yeah, but true. I think the reason, so they used to not have- Today was a double star day. I know, I didn't take, I didn't capitalize. So they used to just have the half and half out. So you would just say, can I get an iced coffee? Leave room for cream. Yeah. And that was the baseline of what, 395. But yeah. now you're adding 70 cents to your drinks or $4 because they don't have the cream out, which yeah. is interesting. And I don't think that Starbucks is doing that intentionally. I just think it's, it's I think it's safety reason. Yeah. yeah. Jacob, thoughts on this? I don't I don't think I've ever seen you drink Starbucks in your entire life. I think I've had it like you're, once or twice. You're more of a McCafe guy. McCafe is great. I'm not a big coffee person, but uh, when I get coffee, I definitely don't 
go with like extra flavors. I'll just get like a normal coffee flavor J- or Jacob strikes may- maybe a little hazelnut. Well, Chris, who's usually on, usually remembers when the Great Depression, you get a tin cup and yeah. black java juice. That's what he called it. Chris's <laughs> favorite donut is the plain donut. The original. No, it was when when he first had it, it was just donut. Was they just, only had one donut. Can I get a donut, please? No. Nice fancy powder. <laughs> no fan. Yeah, he remembers when the, the chocolate frosted donut was invented. Um, but Jacob, what were you saying? What's your favorite? I said I just go with normal coffee flavors, maybe a little hazelnut. I don't really go out with like all these weird honey stuff. Definitely not okay. pistachio. Let's not use hurtful words like weird. weird. Okay. No. I am. I love seasonal flavors. Like Agreed. I love them. I, I they 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 immerse me into the experience. And like, I like Dunkin' Donuts more than Starbucks. I do enjoy Starbucks. It's not, you know, I like Dunkin' Donuts this much. I like Starbucks this much. When I go to Dunkin', I'm getting iced coffee. I'm getting like a mocha. I'm getting a pumpkin. I'm getting a vanilla. Most of the time it's just plain. When I go to Starbucks, I am there for the flavors. Yeah, it's like, a treat. It is a treat. And and I'm excited about this pistachio. I love and I'm pistachio. also, I love nuts. yeah, the nuts, I love nuts. Oh no, it's gonna be clipped up. Um, Ooh, is uh, and a marker. I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, but Austin likes nuts. But what I was gonna say is, I'm I'm really happy to see there's gonna be more plant-based options. I agree. As someone who tries to be as vegetarian and plant-based as possible, I do slip up, as we all do, because we're human. Um, it's gonna be better to go and and have those options, like the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich there. I get that because it's the best take food. Sandwich. I want to try it. It's it so good. So good. It's really, it's really good. Well, I, did you guys see Starbucks every Monday? Every Monday for the month of January, Starbucks is doing two dollars off their vegetarian option. Oh really? Yeah. So like their veggie sandwiches, their impossible really? sandwiches, they're yeah. doing two dollars off through Monday with the app. By the way, That's during great. during COVID right now, drive-throughs are slammed. If you live in a town where there's a Starbucks, I guarantee the Starbucks oh, line yeah. is slammed. I don't hack life hack, don't go in the drive thru. Unless it's life a hack, really, use the app and use go the app. And Unless go you're pick super it up. bored and you have nothing to do, go through the drive thru. <laughs> drive thru is the drive thru at Starbucks, since they are these handcrafted drinks. Mm-hmm. If it's like a four car drive thru, that's at least a 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, but four cars, I would do it the is, drive thru. It is. I saw only four cars. I, I'm telling it you. It goes into Chick fil A. I am sometimes. telling you, a four car line at Starbucks in the drive thru is like 25 minutes. Lindy gets Easily. so mad at me because my wife will be, I'll be, it'll be like sat, like it's going to happen tomorrow morning. I guarantee it. I'm, we're going to wake up and be like, hey, let's go to Starbucks. And she'd be like, all right, I don't want to go inside. I'm not, I'm not like getting dressed to go inside yeah. Starbucks. We're going to pull in, the line's going to be long. And I'm going to be like, oh, we're going in. And she's going to be pissed at me because we're going to go in our pajamas. Of course, most of the time sure. I, I park and I go, I just go into the line, actually. I don't even oh, know where ahead. Okay. But I'm trying to call Lindy down here, but she's not responding at the moment. Did you text call I texted her, I called her because um, it's Starbucks. I figured she'll have Say on this While we're waiting for Lindy, another resident Starbucks lover. You can go. Oh, yeah. I'll recommend you my three top drinks. If you're a tea drinker, I definitely recommend the matcha. However, the matcha can get a little- What is matcha, by the way? Matcha is a green tea, but it is made with, um, it's not like steeped. It is a powdery drink. So what they do is they'll put the matcha powder, they'll put the matcha powder in your, 
milk base, either almond milk. I recommend almond milk, even though it is extra. And it should not be 70 cents extra. I think it should be the same price. Put it in the, put it in the milk. They shake it up. They throw it on ice. And I add vanilla because it adds, it's a little sweeter, but don't add too many pumps. So I get an iced matcha latte with almond milk. And for a venti, get three pumps of vanilla. For a grande, get two. You'll love it. It's great. My second drink always is an iced chai latte with almond milk. I think chai is really complimented by almond milk. It's like nutty. It's good. You don't need anything extra in that. Don't add vanilla. Don't add anything. It'll be too sweet. And honestly, it tastes like Christmas year round. My third drink. Oh, there's, a, there's a third. If you're into coffee, I would just get an iced coffee with milk. And the milk is obviously almond milk. Iced coffee with almond milk. And if you're feeling festive, you get pumpkin. I would love to add this honey, honey almond milk. Or if you're feeling a little quirky, you can add a little cold foam. The addition of the cold foam, I think, on Starbucks's menu is really, really important. The cold foams are banging. The, it adds a lot. Irish cream, you gotta try it. Sarah. I will. You gotta text um, me what you think. The menu is Wendy's menu. asleep. We're recording this at 6.30 at night. She's asleep. The, the menu for Starbucks is so confusing to me. I almost worked at Starbucks. I actually applied to be a barista, a barista. It's confusing. It's um, coffee. No, it's not. I applied, it's a got the job, did my interview, did my paperwork, had my first day, and then I gave them. I told them I couldn't work. You did a first day there? No, I was I had scheduled my first day. Oh. So I had scheduled my training, and then I, <laughs> then I had I to. Then I was too busy, and I, I was like, job. and I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't because I only order iced coffee. Hot coffee. I don't add any sweetener. I don't. Oh, I don't, look at me! I'm superior I don't to like, everyone because I drink just plain coffee. With, I don't like any with flavor. Cream, with cream, I just like with my cream. meats unseasoned and no seasoning in my food. Get over yourself, Try okay? You're not better than us. Meats. This is like you're not when better we, than when us. When we first started to do a podcast, we had a different it. idea, um, and we had this argument before this was ever invented, but... What was the name where we were going to call it? I was a devil's advocate. <laughs> what a terrible name! <laughs> no, that was a good name. It was a good name. All right, so, yes. Jacob, hold on, hold on. I want I want the takes, and, and Austin, I want to apologize. Your flavors aren't weird. I think that... Uh, Jacob, I think that I'm the weird one. I think that Troy and I are the weird ones to get coffees without flavors. And I'm curious what you guys think. Like, what percent of people who go to either Starbucks or Dunkin' Like what percent you think get like some sort of flavors? I would say <laughs> roughly 75% of all people our age are getting some sort of flavoring. If at the baseline, yeah. sugar, Splenda, vanilla. Yeah. Uh, well, think, you can't count. No, that doesn't, I, I don't want to count sugar. I don't want to count sugar. So I, I'm talking I, about I, different I, than just normal coffee flavor. Well, I have a good story. I don't know if it's 75% because 75%. think about this. If you order a latte, if you order a cappuccino, if you order- Who gets plain lattes? A lot two, of people. There's a lot two of people in this world. There's people that order plain lattes and people who are not cereal killers. Agreed. Listen, <laughs> I almost worked at Starbucks. I know these numbers. I worked at Dunkin' for four years. We're talking about Starbucks. We're talking about the high-end coffee. Uh, okay. we're, we're, we're looping them together. We're taking them together. So, oh, they both I, have yeah, flavors. Yeah, flavor. Yes, flavor. So speaking, Jacob, you have nothing ever to apologize for. And also, Troy, I don't actually mean you're weird like if you like however you drink your coffee like let's not use hurtful words like weird but, austin five minutes but, later <laughs> don't be so weird about what you put in your coffee <laughs> so after i run up two flights of stairs i'm out of breath 
<laughs> but anyway, they sell those refreshers at Starbucks. Have you ever uh, had those? So course. the mango dragon fruit refresher Perfect. is my, that is bliss for me. So yes. I get the biggest one when I, the venti, okay. I don't get Trenta, but I get the venti. But we were there and I got it. It's like this purple drink. And I'm standing there and this lady's staring at me and I, and she's like making comments to everyone that's working. I'm like, she's going to say something. I better have something queued up for yeah. when, and I'm like, just thinking of what to say. And she's like, what is that you got? And I was like, oh, it's a black coffee. You want some? And she was, and I just walked right by her and Lydia was like, no, 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 it's a refresher. And she was like, I've never seen a drink like that. And I was like, all right, have a good one. I do not need, see, here's my problem with Starbucks slander. People think that there are certain drinks that are gendered. They think no. that men yeah. cannot get frappuccinos or these pink refreshers. And I'm tired of it because you know what? They taste fucking good. Yeah. And I don't like any slanderous Thank things you. about any drinks. I think the mango dark fruit is perfect. It's the best you drink add lemonade. Have. I don't get sugar in it. I don't but we do lemonade, mango dark refresher. I sometimes add blackberries to mine. Wow. I know. So. I think every drink on the menu is perfect. I think it's handcrafted. I think it's made to be good. Why are we not enjoying them? Why are we not allowing everyone to enjoy them? And sexism. And sexism Start here. in Starbucks. In, bev in blended beverages. But I agree with but you. Also, like, like, hard drinks, like, like, do you do we like? Do you like lemonade? Yes. I like lemonade. Do, do you, you like, like alcohol? Cream? Do you like alcohol? Yes. So why can't I drink twenty-four Mike's Hard Lemonade? You can. Thank They're you. good. Thank you. They're well, made. Really good. All the power to you, Austin. What, Jacob? You have to drink Mike's power heart. to you. Thank you. You got you got to drink Mike's Mike's harder lemonade. Your guy. I'm a beverage no, like person. I am a beverage person. I will probably prefer to drink just like 16 beverages a day besides eating. And I think that that's not good. Why? It's not food. What about smoothies? Isn't that what well, like smoothie Tim Cook? Uh, anyway, I Tim eat. I, it, was it was a joke. It was a joke. Demi's like like a hundred or two hundred years ahead of us. She's basically living in like Wally -E right now. I Wally's a robot. That's it. I think that the people are not should not be gendered. The last thing can, I want to say, I agree with you, yeah. Sammy. If we want to go off on a crazy rabbit hole, yeah. looking at the 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 absolute bonkers marketing they do on products for like men like if you look at men's <gasps> soap and deodorant oh it's like my God. arctic freeze you're gonna smell like pine trees and gasoline brother and otherwise like Sweet yeah. pea and like, lavender bliss and your I use well, women's body soap. I want to smell like Aloha coconut. And Probably. I love men's scent. Yeah. Pro yes. So stop oppressing us, Troy. Props to uh props to Old Spike because they've they've launched an entire swagger. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on. So, no, in, in case you haven't paid attention. Champion. Props to Old Spice because Fiji, you're gonna smell no, like a whole island, dude. Have you seen what Old Spice is doing? Sport! You're gonna smell like sport! Have you seen what they're fresh powder? Have dude. you seen what their campaign is? Listen, now. put on fresh powder! Yeah, it's lavender. It's cool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, lavender. It's like all about like you know embracing. I hope the, the feminine, the feminine, you know, smelling product. Scents should not be gendered. Beverages should not be gendered. Nothing should be gendered. What my, is gender? My dog doesn't even have balls. All right, we're not going to jump into this. Conversation. What is gender? We're not jumping in. Sorry. That's a deep. That's a, like a three-hour. You know, can I just tell what you is, what gender? What is no, not? no, no, no. What gender is, is no, not blended beverages. Yep. Gender is not. 
cold brew from Starbucks. Jacob's like, <laughs> I'm drinking beer and I don't agree with any of this. Jacob's like, when I want to get fancy, I put whoa, some whoa, lemon whoa, in my whoa. water. Frozen margaritas. Texas, Jacob. Frozen margaritas fucking slap. Oh, they're the best from Chili's. They have the best ones. Ah, best frozen margarita in the world. Chili's. Let's go to Chili's. Yeah, you can use the nice well tequila. The, the fake strawberry puree. <laughs> All right. Moving. I'm only going to talk like this. We're, from we're now moving on. on. Brother. We're moving on. Final story. We'll keep this one nice, short, and sweet because we're hitting our time limit here. Nope. Um, we got to be off the clock for the next show to come in. Nope. Um, the ice so, house is always open. There's interesting metrics so. coming out um, of the viewership um, compared to CNN to Fox News especially during yesterday's uh, riots inside the nation's capital. This was a- uh, Wait, do you want to, Never mind. This was a- um, Can we take a break? This Wait, was I a, thought you wanted to start this one over. Start this one over. Start no, this one. let's start this one over. <laughs> what did I say before we came Austin on? Austin was talking, I was talking, I feel bad. Well, that's, yeah, you should feel bad. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about the music. Where are you we'll going to cut see. it? We'll have to see who's going to be back on the podcast bow, next bow. week. I don't play, okay, bow, bow. we're moving on. Um, bow, bow. So viewership. Of CNN versus Fox News during the the Capitol's riots, uh, just to throw out some numbers there, around from 2:30 to 6:30 Eastern, uh, these are the network's average viewership: nine million viewers for CNN, 6.1 million viewers for Fox News, and 5.6 million viewers for MSNBC. Um, you know, I can tell you where those extra three million people who are usually watching Fox News were. Um, some of them were out on the streets. In DC, they were much closer on the scene. Looking at the cherry blossoms. Some of them, or it was, I'd love to see the viewership of OAN because I think they were very down because a lot of those people were probably rioting. Um, but yeah, this was the viewership. So what was happening? You don't see Batman and Bruce Wayne in the same room. It's like, yeah, there was no one watching Fox. So I know where they were. So I'm wondering, you know, is it possible? And I I was interested when I was watching this happen um, at around three, four o'clock yesterday, while still at work, but. I kind of, two days ago, I should say, I was kind of losing my focus because what was happening was unprecedented. Justin and um, Brian, are you watching this? I was, I was wondering, losing focus. I was wondering what was happening and how the coverage differed from CNN compared to Fox News. Um, there were some obvious differences. Some always, CNN was yeah. much more loosely was saying domestic terrorism. Uh, you didn't really hear that being said on Fox News. There was a lot of differences in, in the way things were being phrased um, and the way they identified the people who were at the riots, um, who were at the rallies, and then how extreme they were making it. Also, I thought it was interesting, the camera angles they were showing was very different. Um, CNN was showing a lot more uh, violent shots. They were consistently showing the loops of the breaking glass and the charging through, as well as um, the the security officers holding guns and pointed at the window. Fox News was showing some of these images as well. Um, not as frequent, not as often, it was just some key differences that you picked up if you watched them both. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe viewership was lost for Fox News and maybe shifted over CNN just to see the other perspective. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, Fox News had nearly three million less people watching it in this time frame, um, and these two networks have been competing for the past four years with during this presidency. I have, I have hopes. I have hope. I have a theory that's a hope. I hope that people that watch Fox News watch it as entertainment and confirmation bias reasons and when something that was really big and scary they wanted news real news and, and don't get me wrong network news is always going to have uh dashes of sensationalism in it there's always going to be 
uh, storytelling behind it. Like you were saying, they were showing more of the violence. Um, that's, you know, that's on purpose. Like where we can't deny that, but maybe it's because CNN is more trusted in moments like this to deliver actual news. But again, like I encourage anyone to get news from multiple sources and not just have a single source of news. So like, listen to Ken, we just talking each week. I will yes. say, Fox News was aggressive in how they covered the story in this article posted by the LA yeah, Times. Yeah, because they created they, the story. They acknowledged the fact, they were the first to actually acknowledge the first death of the riots. They were the first to announce uh, the, the death and of the woman being shot. I also want to acknowledge that Fox News perpetrated a lot of the rhetoric that caused the violence. Yes. Well, so, like... it's interesting how far <laughs> off the deep end this has gone because now even President Trump had started calling Fox News fake news and his supporters have kind of jumped, his diehard supporters have started calling Fox News fake news. And it's cold. They identify more with OAN, which is very, very far right and extremist. Um, it's just interesting because similar, and we talked about this again, if you want more coverage on this, we put out the special episode, uh, Chaos in the Capitol. But None it's of us interesting, to that, by the Jacob way. was on it, Jacob was on it, but it's, it's in, well, Jacob was on it. Um, wow. It's interesting. Wow. We had full. It was Chris and my Zoom only allowed four people. Wow, dude. Um, it was interesting because we've we seen about how it on deep fried medicine. You should listen to that. We've seen how the Republican Party has started to split, and now <laughs> media that is consumed by the Republican followers, including Fox News and OAN, is now being split as well. Um, and I will say, um, CNN <clears throat> uh, had its most watched day in its 40-year history. They averaged 5.2 million viewers over 24 hours. Keep in mind, the use of, of cable is way down. So the fact that this is happening in 2021 is huge. I mean, cable viewership has been down consistently year after yeah. year you for certain events, except for Super Bowl and stuff. Well, even that has gone down a little bit, but it's it's most viewership in 40 years, including all the election day coverage that we had this year, which was yeah. huge. But that's how astronomical of an event this was. And you have to believe some Trump supporters may have come over to help kind of get that viewership up i mean they had hit an all-time high the viewership for election day was massive as well the 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 cognitive dissonance that a lot of trump supporters have been going through over the last couple months has to be really aggressive and extreme and i would imagine there's a lot of changing of hearts but it's just you know i don't i don't i don't know could this be a good trend yeah maybe but at the same time it's just like who knows what's gonna happen? Like this rhetoric is dangerous. And like all these Republicans that fueled this fire, like, did you see the video that came out today? Lindsey Graham walking through the airport and everyone was, they were like chanting traitor at him. They were yelling him that he was like fake. They were, they were telling him that like, this is gonna be the rest of his life. It's like, you need to reap what you sow. Like you create like, oh, newsflash, Frankenstein lost control of his monster. It's like, we've seen this happen before. And I hope those that were responsible for this are held accountable. And you're right. I mean, some of the rhetoric that has been used and the ideas that have been passed along on places such as Fox News, one that was repeated heavily, if you follow along with Fox News or checked in, was the idea they kept mentioning how there is such a high disbelief and mistrust with the election results. Fox News kept throwing that idea around the fact that millions and millions of Americans don't believe and don't trust the system in place. They don't trust what the election results were. And that was just one of the things that you saw a lot more of on Fox News. CNN mentioned it, but the way they mentioned it was a lot different. They mentioned it, that Senator uh, Ted Cruz 
um, uh, Senator Hawley were saying, you know, there's 39% of Americans don't believe. And they had just kind of thrown out the fact that who was saying it. Uh, the way Fox News was saying the same information phrased differently was millions of Americans don't trust the system that is in place. They don't believe the election results. Very different way to phrase it. CNN reported who had said what. Fox News had reported that millions of Americans don't believe. Very different, same exact information being told, just how it's being told is differently. It's just one different way you can see how these, uh, this same exact coverage is different just by a little perspective. And if I could just jump in, I know, I know I'm talking a lot this episode, but what was happening on Wednesday that they were trying to interrupt was was that's something that happens every election like that is not a momentous well that yes and no because well, it happens every election but it's the counting of the electoral yes, votes but the thing that doesn't happen very often is the objection to the yes. counting of the electoral votes so but here's the thing the one of the many reasons that united states of america is is great and a beautiful country and and should be filled with hope and optimism even though we have a lot of problems but that's that's okay we're a young country we are the United States of America, right? So like federal and local government is different. So local state government are are in charge of all the elections. That's why every state has different processes. That's why there's, what are those things out in the Midwest that they have the, the caucuses? Yeah. Like every state has different laws. So if you have an issue with Arizona, you need to take that up with Arizona. I, I understand the ceremonial objection that certain QAnon and crazy people wanted to believe in that could actually do something. But let's just say principle wise that what happened on Wednesday during that, the, uh, the Senate counting the was it the Senate or the Congress? I'm not, I think it was the Senate counting. Yeah. If, if it was overturned at the federal level, what that does is it neuters, it absolutely neuters and, and desecrates the powers that the states are supposed to have. There's supposed to be a separation between federal and state government. And I know, I know there's I, another word for state government, yeah. but like, if you change that, you're basically saying, hey, no matter what happens in your state, if we at the federal level don't like it, uh, I, sucks for you, we're gonna I, change it. I wanna just like briefly recap of what the process is and what they were covering, um, just for our viewers. And if you want, like I said, we talk about this for about 45 minutes to an hour, much more in depth, but pretty much what was happening, and you're right, this does happen every four years. Um, it's not like this usually. What they do is they just certify the electoral college votes. The electoral college votes, as you're aware, are the, the point system that you see for the presidential election. Crazy. They certify that these electoral college <clears throat> votes are valid. Most of the time, there's no objections. Occasionally there is. Occasionally there's valid objections that actually get heard and they get debated and we've seen it a few times over the you know, over the past couple of 2000 decades. election yes and i don't know if you remember back in 2016 um vice president biden at the time i uh, was listening to or maybe it was 2012 it was either 2012 or 2016 but it was on 16 16. i don't remember that year what i say Biber. you said 2016. okay 2016. um Thanks, throw me off. But <laughs> what was I saying? Yes. That's what throws you Vice, off. You've been doing crazy stuff. Vice President. You say sex and Troy's like. <laughs> Vice President Biden. Uh, there was a senator who had brought up, uh, we need to object to the counts voted in one state. He said, nope, we're, we're not doing this. As if you're aware, the Vice President is the President of the Senate. It's just how it works. 
Um, he said, no, we are here to open the envelopes to count the votes and to certify it. There's not enough evidence here. There's no reason for us to believe that this is not true. And for that reason, we are not going to object. This doesn't happen very often. The objections is not a common thing. Yes, this process takes place every four years, but very rarely do, is there actual valid objections to the counting. And it should only appear if there is belief that there's some real tampering happening and there's proof that there was a problem with the system. As there was more than 60 cases in federal courts, um, is proven that there is no proof that anything ill had happened uh, in this election process completely. Therefore, all these ideas were thrown out and there was no yeah. reason to actually object. Now that didn't stop certain senators. Like I said, Holly, Senator Holly from Missouri, Senator Ted Cruz, they had brought up these objections. They had tried, they had pushed for Arizona and Pennsylvania. There was plans to push for other states. Uh, they went late into the night, these objections were thrown out and they had settled that uh, the election was certified. So that's that was what was happening when this had all been interrupted. Um, just wanted to provide that quick recap. Yeah. If you were wondering what that was- That was a really quick recap. It was like a few minutes, three, four, what, three, four. Well, it would have been shorter if you didn't butt in with what I had said and I had thrown off my train, but thrown off my train. Um, Joe's train? Joe's train. Amtrak Joe's train. Amtrak Joe coming Coming full circle. Yes. So that is what was happening. If you want more, we have a full episode explaining that. Don't worry. I, it's mostly Joey Block and Chris Conus explaining what happened. I tried to give some idea of perspective. Um, but yeah, that's what they were objecting towards. And you know, the news outlets had covered it a little differently. Fox News had given more validity to the objections. CNN had, had poked fun at More validity to them. They stoked the fire. They raised the, the Frankenstein monster up into the lightning. Are you fucking kidding me? Gave more Partially, light to yes. it. Yes, yes, they did. Not as much as OAN. Okay, but still. Because, because there were certain people who had backed off. Mitch McConnell had started to back off at the end. So they were like. Mitch McConnell they were had very, his tail between his legs. Yes. And is a spineless jellyfish that is a melting face of a puppet that got away from Jim Henson. Like, there, there's nothing that Mitch McConnell can do to, 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 to get back whatever evil he has done in this world. How do you world? feel about Trump? You know, you know what I was thinking? You know what <laughs> I, I was thinking Trump. about Mitch McConnell? I wish he looked meaner. He looks like a turtle without a shell. But it's kind nah, of cute. Looks, he, looks like, he, he looks like the devil. He looks He's like he takes cute, 10 minutes though. to eat nah. one biscuit and he it's chews it only sad. with his lips. He just looks like a sad individual. Nah, he looks like the devil. He does. I don't support he, Mitch McConnell. Mitch However, McConnell, comma, he looks sad. He looks, he, he he looks, looks like a hidden, the hidden devil. The, it, Mitch McConnell is the outfit that the devil buys at Walmart when he comes to Earth. He's like, right? give me your cheapest thing. It's like Mitch McConnell and Jerry Jones. It's weird to see how these certain people have flipped on their rhetoric of what is surrounding the election. Um, just because they've, a lot of people have decided, all right, it's time to jump ship at different times. So these people are all kind of coming in at different points. Which, but. which is frustrating because it shouldn't be the, it sh they should be representing the people that elected them, yeah. mm -hmm. right? So they shouldn't be flipping. You should be elected on your principles. And if you can't stay true to your principles, but again, we're talking about American politicians. None of them have principles that they stick to, right? Whether you're left, right, or right, or you're, you're independent, like almost 99.9%, .9%, unless you're like grandpa Bernie Sanders, who's just loving and you know, just like mainlines maple syrup every morning for breakfast, like you're maple flipping on your <laughs> maple syrup and a little green maple syrup, but you know what I mean. It's legal up there. It is legal. But you um, have a southern accent for Vermont. I don't, that's the only accent I have. That in Philly. Jacob, <laughs> Sammy, final thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah, I did have 
you go first, Sammy. You go first. You go first. So she's new to this podcasting thing. You asked both of us. <laughs> Jacob, Sammy. Yeah, be a better moderator, Troy. What the yeah. hell is wrong with you? You know, what I will say. First of all, I'd like to pay homage to Rishi Welbrock <laughs> and sort of derail the conversation for a second. Sort of derail the conversation for a second. I will say, I do research on ants, a lot of ants. And I will say that if I used one source, only one, for my research papers, I would get fired. And I can't get fired because I'm not paid, but I would not, no longer be on this research cohort. So my call to action to our viewers and listeners is to, you know, just change the channel that is, from that is way too on topic for what richie welbrock would say from look have well, you ever seen the movie ants. die hard <laughs> that's more seen... like it <laughs> no he'd be like it's funny you say that well so this is true but this what is... does that mean for just british parliament this is in true richie fashion because i'm getting interrupted so i will say <laughs> that my call to action to our listeners is to just change the channel once in a while. See what's going on on the other side. Yeah. If you're left, right, libertarian, socialist, communist, whatever, mm. you just see what's going on, get more news sources, and above all, cite your sources. Put them in a bibliography. And I would like an annotated bibliography, at least 500 words, on my desk about- Chicago or MLA? I would like MLA, not Chicago. You can also do APA. Either one's fine. I'd like it on my desk by Friday. And if it's not on my desk by Friday, you're getting points deducted and- No coffee. No no coffee from Starbucks. Jacob. <laughs> All right, I'll, uh, I'll stick to my usual fashion and bring us back onto topic. Let's- <laughs> um, Jacob always goes out. So... <laughs> <laughs> I miss I so, This would have been a fun episode to have. We'll, uh, we'll like, test happened? our. What, what happened uh, yesterday? We'll test no. our listeners' memory. So you remember, like eight topics ago, when we brought up this article that we were talking about, Austin actually had a really good theory. You know, he said, you know, I think that uh, some of the Fox viewership said, you know, when it's real news, I want to go to CNN, and and I'm paraphrasing, but. It was, it was something along those lines. And I, I thought that's an interesting theory. I'd like to venture a theory of my own, uh, maybe a little bit less optimistic though. But um, I think that people want to like what they like. Yeah. And uh, my theory is that, you know, some of the Fox viewership said, you know, I don't think what I'm gonna hear on Fox is what I'm gonna like. I want to continue liking Fox. You know, I'm going to flip it over to CNN because then when they say something that makes me mad, I can get mad at CNN. Uh, yeah. Then having to try to face maybe some of the cognitive dissonance. That's, that's, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good, Jacob, that's a good theory. And I, I would say to any of our listeners or viewers that want a deeper discussion about confirmation bias, they should check out. Uh, Deep Fried Medicine, which is part of the Polar Media family. Stephen Rudden and I did a pretty in-depth look as just some normal Amtrak Joes looking at confirmation bias. And I think Stephen Rudden is like one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I thought he had some good takes on it. But that's basically what you're saying, Jacob, is like, you want to get mad. You want to go look at how stupid those other people are. Yeah, it's going to do it for us here on Can We Just Talk. Um, we what? Have... Why are you so downtrodden? No, it's good. We're just like at the longest episode of all time. Yeah, because it's good. 
I'm just wrapping it up. Lord of the Rings was great. Look how long those were. Exactly. The Shire, bro. So that's going to do it for Mr. us. Mr. Frodo, come back. That, that, that's, that's enough for Kevin's <laughs> talk for this week. If you want more and you haven't listened to the special edition episode of Chaos in the Capital, go check that out. It's available everywhere as well. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check it out. Again, for myself, Jordy Savino, uh, Samantha Dolliff, Austin D. Savino. Samantha Dolliff. And Jacob Berg. I don't have a podcast, but if you really enjoy me on this podcast, you can follow me at Sammy.Dolloff on Instagram. You don't plug in personal Instagram. Uh, that's my personal Instagram. If you like me, if you like me on this podcast, please DM me and I will appear in more podcasts. Sammy's on Cameo. I'm Fo- not on Cameo. Follow my dog at Ollie dot, all right, the dot rescue dot Collie on, at, on Instagram. I post once every four months. I mean, he posts. That's going to do it for us here on Can We Just Talk. Thank you for listening. We got more content coming out soon. Again, Troy Sino, Sammy Dolloff, Austin Sino, Jacob Bird. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned. More content coming out very soon. Bye.